So today I want to catch you up on where I am in the writing of this book. I'm going to read a little bit of the book for you and I'm going to sort of catch you up and I'm going to talk about the intuitive guidance that I'm getting and what that looks like in terms of constructing a book. So what I have so far is I love the structure of fictional books. So the first thing I did is in my Google Doc, I wrote down these different points of what happens in a fiction book. There's the setup, there's the inciting incident, there's the protagonist takes action towards the main desire, the protagonist appears to lose it all, and then the climax and resolution. One of the things I, I want to do eventually is write a fiction book, and I know for a fact that I am going to write the last scene first, and then build the story towards that. So I've written all this stuff down, and I ultimately don't know what will become the book, what content I will use, what will get scrapped, all of that. But when you're following your inner guidance, a lot of stuff is going to come forth that you may not ultimately use in the final project. Another thing I did is under that, I just wrote chapter one, the problem or the pain. Use empath to connect with the reader. Chapter two, introduce the solution. Explain how I came to the solution and give reasons why it's effective. Include powerful real life examples. Chapter three and subsequent chapters. I can't say that word. Give a step-by-step -step solution. Each chapter builds on itself. The last chapter, tie everything together and end on a positive note. I have down here self-help books are usually between 30,000 and 70,000 words. I've also written three to 4,000 words per chapter. So that's kind of where I started to outline my process. And again, this is all intuitively guided, even down to the point where I'm like, I Googled how to write a self-help book, even though I've written a self-help book, right? It's still good to just keep ideas flowing in the direction that feels the most exciting. And at the moment, that was the most exciting thing I could do was Google how to write a self-help book. In fiction books, you want to grab the reader's attention. I'm going to read you the paragraph that I have right now. I don't know if this will stay because the person that's editing my book may be like, you know what, this makes absolute zero sense and we shouldn't include this in the book. And at that point, I'll have to make a decision whether it's the right thing to keep it or remove it. So here's the opening paragraph. I write this sitting in the bathtub. I'm uncomfortable. I shift back and forth so as not to put all my weight on my tailbone. My feet are shoved up against a container of soaps and shampoos. A brown hairball clings to the corner. Soap rings circle the drain. Visible residue hangs just below the edge of the tub. I don't want that on my sleeves. Bottles of face wash sit precariously on the edge. If I move and bump them even slightly, they're going to fall down behind my back. An orange handled razor hangs from the wire frame hooked to the shower head. When was the last time I took a bath instead of a shower? I used to love taking baths. It seemed so luxurious, so adultish. Bubbles up to your eyebrows, snap, crackle, pop in your ears. Nothing but aquatic solitude as far as the eye could see. I think about getting out, but at least I'm writing. So I stay. 
and I write. So that's my first paragraph. Now that sounds nothing like a self-help book, but it does grab your attention and it's actually not true. Parts of it are true. There are parts of it that are true about my kid's bathtub, but I didn't actually write it sitting in the bathtub, but I did start writing, so I continued. So here's what I wrote next. I wrote, hi, my name is Allison. It's nice to meet you. I didn't actually write that opening line in my bathtub because I don't have one, but my kids do, and I didn't sit in it to write this. Instead, I blended fiction and real life to create a third reality, an interesting opening line that hooked you, unexpected for a self-help book. I'm an intuitive who's been teaching for 25 years. I started as a first grade teacher in Chicago, earning a master's degree in elementary education early in my career. Eight years in, I became pregnant with Isabella, leaving the classroom to move to the suburbs. Being home with my three kiddos made me angsty for a while. I needed to do something different. I knew my little ankle biters were growing up and they'd eventually leave home and abandon me. I wanted something that was my own so as not to plunge deeper into a deep depression when I became an empty nester. I tried so many things that weren't truly my passion. Nothing sparked joy until I started poking around in the idea of energy work. I earned certifications as a reconnective healer, a Czech holistic lifestyle coach, and a thinking into results facilitator, but nothing seemed quite right. In 2014, the shit hit the fan. I'd been heading down the completely wrong path, taking actions out of fear instead of actions that were joyful. I'd gotten all wound up in the idea of superficial success and forgot about true happiness. Not surprisingly, those who resonated with superficial success were all too happy to help me take my money and my dignity. Within a three-year span, I'd spent nearly $20,000 trying to make it big in an industry that, in hindsight, was based on the idea of standardized personal development. What were the signs all along the way? Where's my proof, right? Like, I mean, come on, where's my proof? Programs based on workbooks, memorization, Gurus who claimed to know the enlightened path. Coaches who praised speed, nonstop action, and money over independent thinking, intuitive inspired action, and abundance in all forms. It wasn't an industry based on actual personal development. It was standardized education dressed up in a different outfit. I'd totally been punked. So that is kind of where I'm going to leave it, you know, with what I wrote in the introduction right there. I'm not writing in one sitting and it's very discombobulated sort of from there on out. I don't know what'll stay. I don't know what'll go. Um, what I did from there is I looked at all of the different words that people used 
to describe what they were struggling with regarding intuition, the stuff that you guys told me. You could read all of those exact words on a web page that's available from my website. So I sent it out in the email and I can put the link below in the description so you can look at that. And if any of those words feel like something you would say, then you know you're struggling with a similar issue. Boiled down into five different points, they sound like this, uncertainty, confusion, insecurity, fear, and doubt. So the purpose of this book is to help you shift those negative beliefs and experiences regarding intuition. That's the whole reason I'm writing it. I hope that it does that because it benefits all of us to rely on our intuition more than the prescriptive nature of education, of our parents, of our friends, of others who want to insert their opinion into our life path. Um, If you listen to your intuition, you will be moving towards the abundance-based energy that is you. I just did a call today on an app called Wisdom. I will upload that call to YouTube and put the link in the description of this so you can listen to that call. But the drum that I was beating was having other people ask the question, how can I be more of my true self today? Like micro movements, it doesn't have to be anything massive, but what I talked about was helping us helping each other lean into the beat of our inner drum, our passion, our bliss, our connection, our authentic self, because that's an abundance-based energy. It's the same place intuition is coming from, this abundance-based energy. That's why intuition can take so many different forms for so many different people. It isn't like intuition has one form and it comes through in that form. And if you don't speak that form, then you don't get access to it. It doesn't work that way because it has an infinite number of forms. It has an infinite number of definitions. It comes through because it is us. It's part of that pool of energy that we call abundance. So you could have it. You could have access to it all. And when you do, the more people that do, the more things will appear to be happening in a positive way. Because in that energy, things that are positive, just it's the form of the energy. You can't have negative with the inside of positive. It's the form of the energy. And the more people that do that, the more people that follow their inner guidance, that follow their authentic self, the more things will just automatically take care of themselves. The plumbers will be the plumbers. The car repairmen will be the car repairmen. You know, the bankers will be the bankers. The gardeners will be the gardeners. The teachers will be the teachers. Like follow your passion and everything settles in and no one feels like they're forced to do something that they don't want to do. And you have the benefit of being tapped into that energy flow of abundance. So it's perfect. So here's what I'm thinking in terms of chapters as I sit here today. Chapter one is this is what you said you were struggling with in regards to intuition. I know when I say you, it may be not you, you, but you, the people that I connect with. And in that chapter, 
we talk about how the problem isn't with your intuition, it's with you. And I know that sounds aggressive, but it's actually with us. It's with our funneling energy through a negative belief system. Chapter two, the solution is don't try harder or learn more or think more positively, right? It's just be and understand the energy that you are. The third one is the binocular perspective, the higher mind, the physical mind, and how these two particular lenses, these two particular POVs are interrelated and interdependent and understanding how you are both at this very moment, a non-physical consciousness, while at the same time being a physical consciousness at the same time. Isn't that just blow your mind? It's like, wow, I am these two perspectives at the same time and how they relate to each other and how we can understand these two perspectives to make this life better for us. Chapter four, your definition is creating your experience, right? Your definition, what is it? It doesn't have to be my definition, right? It's your definition. And so understanding what your definition is and how that impacts your experience is incredibly important. Chapter five, beliefs are the blueprint of your house. We cannot talk about anything in this experience without talking about beliefs because everything is funneling through the structure of your belief. Is it an abundance-based belief or is it a belief a constriction? Is it a constrictive belief? Number six is at this moment, the formula, right? Follow your highest level of excitement. Take it as far as you can take it to. You can't take it any farther. Don't demand that excitement be something specific. Stay in a positive mindset no matter what. That formula comes from a teacher named Bashar. If you're interested in that formula, if you resonate, Google Bashar. It's an, Bashar is an entity that comes through a channeler called Daryl Anka. So look that up and see if that resonates with you. I don't have anything down for seven or eight at this point. Chapter nine could be the five keys to mastering intuition. This is based on a class that I am currently co-teaching with a friend of mine. Um, chapter 10 is nothing. Chapter 11, 12, and I might even have a 13 just because it's going to rub people the wrong way, right? It's going to challenge your idea that 13 is an unlucky number. If you believe 13 is an unlucky number, in fact, maybe what I'll do is say that life doesn't have built-in meaning, that you create the meaning and make that be chapter 13 because you can think chapter 13 is unlucky or 13 floors or, you know, the number 13, or you can think it's lucky. I mean, it depends on you. What is your interpretation? That's what is going to be created for you is whatever your definition is. So maybe that's what I should put as chapter 13. Some of the other things that I have down in this Google Doc, which will eventually become the book at this moment, are some of the emails that I've sent out, because if that resonates with my audience, I'm not going to totally recreate the wheel in this book. I'm going to bring in stuff that I have already written, whether it's an email or something in a social media post. If it tends to get a response from people in a good way, then I'm going to include it in the book. So that's some of the other stuff that I currently have in this Google Doc are I just plopped in one of the emails that I wrote about, 
intuition being 100% functional and perfectionism. Um, and I'll send out more emails over the next couple of weeks. And if I get responses from people, then I'll just take what I've written and integrate it, not probably word for word. I will create it so that it works well in the context of the book. But that's where I am with what I have written so far. Going forward, the way I work creatively with my intuition is I wait for ideas to hit. It could be everything from a word to an image to something I see in social media maybe that people are responding to or they seemed confused by or conversations I have with people, even shows that I watch. If I see a concept being talked about in a show, even a Netflix show, if you know it's a fictional show, but they're talking about intuition or creativity or inner guidance or limiting beliefs, I will use that as an example because it's real time. It's actually what is happening in our current reality. So we're all seeing it. You know, there's not one person that doesn't have some experience with either literature, books, movies, um, social media, conversation with their neighbor, something will come up. And I'm going to use that because that's our content. That's what we are interacting with on a daily basis. And that's where we're going to find the most relevant information and examples, ways of thinking about intuition, so that we can shift from thinking there's a diminishment in our intuitive connection to recognizing the full connection that's happening 24-7 with our inner guidance. It's just about tweaking things. It's about finding new ways to say things. It's about looking at things through different perspectives. It's about having new conversations. This conversation that I'm having with you as a listener has never happened before in all of the universe. There has never been this specific conversation with this specific group of listeners in this specific way with the sun shining and it being a winter day and my desk being exactly as messy as it is right now and me being in this blue sweater and you know all the things that exist in this moment this moment has never happened before so the value of this conversation exactly as it's being played out is innate. That's how the universe works. That's how your intuition and your relationship with it works. It's expansive. It's ever expanding. It's the fun of the exploration. It's it's the interesting curiosity at exploring who you really are, the extent of your connection with your non physical self. So have fun with it. Enjoy it. It's okay if you doubt. It's fine. It's where you are. Let's just see if we can focus our attention in another direction and see what that does for you. How does it change your experience? How does it change your inner resonance? How does it change everything that you're witnessing and seeing your point of view? It's so exciting. This is exciting, you guys. Get excited. See you next time.